On this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking to beer makers or brewery owners discussing the experience of traveling to their breweries as much as the beer. I also wanted to talk to some people who are experts in being travelers, people who have lived the life most of us dream about. I wanted their perspective, so I took a wild shot in the dark and sent a communication to a favorite TV show travel host of mine to see if they'd be interested in talking with me. To my wonder surprise, they said they would. He's not the biggest beer lover, but he has experienced cultures the world around through sharing a drink with locals. He understands the importance of meeting people where they are and drinking what they drink. My name is Andy Erickson, and on this episode of Thirsty to Explore, I'm very excited to talk with Ian Wright about working as a professional traveler and TV host, sharing drinks with locals across the globe, and story after story about his adventures with alcohol. So this episode is not a talk with someone from a brewery, but someone who knows about travel. And when I reached out to him about doing the podcast, he said, anything alcohol related, I'm in. Seasoned international traveler, artist, and television host, Ian Wright. Uh, Ian, is there anything else uh, I missed or anything you want to let people know about yourself before we start talking? Uh, No, I think it covered it all, really. You know, they were, the, they were the good old days, man. Can't believe I dragged that job out for 25, 26 years. Extraordinary. <laughs> Unbelievable. I always thought that they'd come and get me and go, oh, come on, stop it. After two years, you know, go, no, you're being silly now. Get back to a normal job. But there I dragged it out. So, yeah, here I am. So what was that normal job before? Before the uh, uh... normal job was lots of different jobs. Like I was work, had a market store. We used to make our own stuff and sell down in Spitfield in London. Just a, a rubbish waste of time. Absolute waste. We used to sp- all our profits. We used to um, spend on spring rolls. So we didn't have anything <laughs> left by the time. Was, and we'd be so knackered sleeping under the store. Oh, dear disaster. So also I used to do cycle courier around London as well. You know, then I worked in the community centres, um, teaching art, doing art, doing the coffee bar, acting in silly plays and stuff. That's where I got into video. And that was when it was like big VHSs. And we made yeah. our own stupid uh, film called Enter the Dragon from Behind. And that was like our big feature film, just, a, you know, like a joke gangster film. And mm-hmm. because I was doing a lot of video, Someone said, so this is, you're talking 30 years ago when, you know, nobody knew what mobile was and that you could film anything and cut it all up. And it said, um, Lonely Planet presenter wanted, no experienced, you know, just go for it. And I was like, holy, that's just insane. But because I was making videos, I thought, well, it doesn't matter. I've got the equipment. So me and my mate made a, a, just a joke video and sent it in. And uh, not thinking anything. And then they said, come in for an interview. And then I realized that, oh, wow, this is serious. You know, and I did, you know, the, the video was a joke. It was like, you know, mm. me on the toilet talking about the rich foods of the country, you know, uh, getting arrested <laughs> at, at customs, you know, about three times. It was, it was a lot. But so when I got the, they come in for an interview, I knew that, oh, well, you know, 1% of me thought, well, if they want something different, at least they've got it. And in them days, it was all BBC English. So, here I am. Fantastic. <laughs> so, so crazy. So, uh, you know, I think the most of the world, it's called Lonely Planet that you were on for a while. But I think in yes. the, you know, the U.S. it was um, uh, Globe Trekker, correct? Yeah. Well, what, yeah. What it was is we uh, the boss got rights for Lonely Planet for five years. 
And then the Lonely Planet, because they're a huge organisation and they realised the success of it and was like, well, why are we giving our uh, label away? We can make our own. So we had to do a U-turn and uh, then think of a name which was Glowcat. And that is lucky because yep, usually you change a brand, you know, that can really mess things up. But luckily it went from strength for strength anyway. So that was the short and curlies of that one. <laughs> so uh yeah the this podcast the thirsty explore podcast uh we're trying to promote people to travel and to experience local culture uh which is a big reason why i wanted to have you on here um yeah. but a lot of, a lot of that is through uh sharing a drink with people um beer oh, or course. alcohol or um yeah so what was the last place you traveled to and did you have any any drinks fun you were visiting there uh, I'll tell you where the, the last job I did was uh, went from uh, the top of Norway, Tromsø, to um, Spitsbergen, which is uh, a, a, an island about 100 miles north, right north and 200 miles from the North Pole, really isolated. And that is my favourite environment. Things, Anything above the Arctic Circle. Oh, man. So the first part of the journey was on a fishing trawler. And I was thinking... Oh my God, this is, you know, it, it, it's on the Bering Sea. So it was like rough as old boots and also all that equipment and stuff like that. But luckily, and I was ha happy to say that was a dry ship because oh. you can't really drink on trawlers that, are, you know, we've all seen the, you know, the TV series. It's like, no, I don't want to be around the drunk sailors. <laughs> luckily, on the next part of the trip, which was going on an I, um, icebreaker 1936 built one in sweden called the stockholm and that was like a luxury sh uh, ship going around spalbard island in spitsbergen looking for polar bears i mean it's just you know and that's a job jesus <laughs> so uh i'm not, but what what was good on that was like a bucket list thing so everyone on the boat there's about 10 paying customers and they pay about 10 grand each for an eight day trip looking for polar bears and there's a bucket i'm thinking god that's expensive but after you've done the journey you're just like oh my god no that's heaven but so so the the people there on the on the boat there's like a couple of they were like 65 and they thought oh my god we thought we was going to be like the oldest they're the youngest you know because mm. it's old people but in the corner as i spied was as they call it, an open bar, shall we say? <laughs> so I was like, after going dry for a little while, I was like, yeah. So with these uh, three of my, uh, so we say, um, partners in crime, we would be up all night playing cards and drinking that bar dry, and the <laughs> the and doing silly like uh, just anyway, just silly games of cards. But the funny thing, the best part of it was was the fact that uh, we got told off by a 21-year-old for making too much noise. <laughs> I was like, oh, my life now is complete. So you go, and by then we were drunk. It was, yeah, whatever. We'll pay 10 grand for this. We're going to do whatever we want sort of thing. We're only up having a laugh in the bar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so Get your money's funny. worth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's fun. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh. You know. Anyway, that's uh, yeah, so that was... Uh, I think it was red wine that one, but then to be honest, we just had to get through the whole lot of it. It was, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. already paid for. There's nothing better in life than free drink, really. Oh my yeah. God. Someone says free bar and.
Yeah. So was this uh, was this for a, a project you're working on, or was this uh, all this recreational? Was, no, this was called. Oh God, I wouldn't be out for that. This was a program called. I did a thing called Tough Trains, which now is on. I think it's on Netflix. Because my face came up and I was absolutely shocked, and we were laughing. We was like, "Go back. What's that? Oh, it's me on the front of the." Um, <laughs> Uh, what was it steam training in Cuba? So we did a brilliant program there about the trains. So you get all the history of a country through a transport, really, especially Cuba. You know, when it was the Spanish was there and they built these lines up and down the country so the soldiers could get to them first, but the rebels sneaked over and when it was foggy. Then you got Che Guevara going down the line with in a bulldozer, bulldozing the president's men and getting all them to um you know surrender. I just extraordinary history that country. I go back there all the time. And as you know, rum <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those bottles, those bottles, you know, the Havana Club, they're only about three quid there. You don't stand a chance, to be honest. Yeah. It's just like drink. To, and they drink and, you know, they're in the, on the beach. They're all going to the beach and throwing the bottle at each other in the water because it just bobbles along like it's got a message in it. It's all, yeah. And then you, then you think you're quite good at Cuban dancing and you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's another byproduct of it. Yeah, so the, and then the Tough Boats was a, a similar one uh, the year after, you know, do, doing the journeys on boats. So, so that's how I was lucky enough, God, to do those. So lucky. <laughs> so uh, do you know how many countries you've, you've traveled to? Not including swapsies, like when you're um, doing cards, football cards, and you've got three of the same one. So <laughs> I would say it's coming, I'd say it would be coming up to about 100. 100? Wow. I haven't really, you know, I'm saying around that's a ballpark number, really. Because I just, it's ludicrous. Like I'll go into my local Chinese uh, takeaway place and they've got a calendar up on the wall and I'm flicking of places in the world. And I'm thinking, and I swear to God, I've like stood on the same place where those pictures were taken for the last, uh, you know, for at least 11 out of the 12, you know. I'm mm. just like, this is insanity. And some of them aren't just the cliche Taj Mahal's either, you know, the uh, islands off uh, uh, Australia and stuff like that. Just insane. Yeah. yeah. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. I, I, it, people start off with these sort of interviews. Oh, it's quite awesome. Quite... By the end, they're like, oh, he's really getting on my nerves now. I hate him. It's like story after story around the world. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cross I have to bear. Yeah. Um, so is there any place that you haven't gone to that you, you want to, or you hit up most of those? Uh, i tell you what. Now, even with this nonsense COVID thing, uh, I'm... Uh, that's just bit, it's just so lucky. It would just almost be obscene to go, oh, I want to go there. And it's like, well, haven't you been to enough places? <laughs> and, but Siberia was always my deep Siberia. Yeah, that would all, all like to go there because that's rough and ready and just wild. Yeah. The thing about the Arctic Circle and places like, like I've, you know, I've been to Canada and Alaska, uh, been to a little bit of, uh, we went, Kamchatka, which is the arse end of 
uh, Russia, which, you know, it's just the isolation, the different, and there's nothing that prepares you for that landscape. It's so wild. It's so different. It's, you know, you, you would think, well, God, it's, you know, it's just white out, isn't it? And it's like, no, like in Canada, up in Yellowknife, Buffon Island and stuff. Just, it's just glorious. And it's, you know, there's, there's a hum in your ears because it's so quiet up there. And mm-hmm. I just, I just love that. I mean, if I lived up there, I probably wouldn't last two weeks. You know what I mean? But it's not, yeah. I just love visiting. Just, yeah, just that. You're away from everything as well. It's just my favorite places. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, Siberia. Mm. Nice. On a, um, on a railway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, of all the places you've been, what what place had your favorite beer or alcohol culture? You know, like United States has a huge craft beer boom, and yeah. you know, I know the UK does as well. But yeah, um, I sort of spend a lot of time in Norway, so they they have a sort of quite a you know a lesser beer. Well, like no, I mean they did. There was twenty one and all that, but in the last, I noticed. About 15, 10 years ago, that all the a lot of British beers were creeping in, and and like they used to have cider that was like you know just like a fizzy apple juice for you know one percent or two percent, disgusting. Now they know what drinking is. They've got some, <laughs> you know. I'm like, God, that brewery is round the corner from me in Bury St Edmunds, you know, which is a uh, Green King, I think. It, is it Green King? Abertay, oh God. And then uh, the cider, which is Aspals, which is from Suffolk, which is close to where I live. Adnams as well, which is on the south coast. So all these beers filter through. Now, blimey, you can't, you know, you can't walk past a, a shop with or a bar without seeing the microbrewery in the back bit. Just <laughs> everywhere. My favourite one in Canada is uh, uh, Wellington. Wellington Brewery in, <laughs> in Ontario. Just because I used to do lecture tours there and the guy that organised it for him, his mate, started this brewery. I worked with this brewery. So we'd see him. I still keep in touch with him now. He sends me all the T-shirts with a Wellington boot on it. They're, they're great. <laughs> and there's nice beers. They do the nice IPAs because I like like the American thing. I don't really like the fusion of a sort of half lager, half bitter. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I like it when it's, it's either bitter or lager. Yeah. You know, so they did they do some nice IPAs. And also there's a there's one called Second Division, which is quite funny. <laughs> I think that's a like a cheap lager or something. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I'm a I, I first started out as a cider man when he was young. And you know, especially around here, because I didn't like the t- taste of lager. Mm-hmm. So cider, cider, cider. Oh, man. And then then I was into the bitter more which you know which is the ales i suppose sometimes those terms are confusing it's lager a bit of, mm-hmm. uh, but uh and then and then because i still play football uh well after football you need something cold and refreshing so i just uh i'm like get me the cheapest lager <laughs> or whatever you've got oh that's so refreshing <laughs> so that's my brief history now i'm just oh god anything goes really cool <laughs> So, you know, we're kind of talking about some of the beer cultures in the world. So what's like the driest place that, that you've been to? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. 
I gave up drinking for a whole month, not because I wanted to, because I was in Iran mm. and they, there was no, and especially was uh, going around. I'm sure that there's certain places, but we was on the move all the time. And that was quite a little eye opener for me. Cause I was like, uh, getting up in the morning, feeling really fresh about seven o'clock raring to go it was like a little oh wow a little byproduct it's like wow i've never um had that before well you know like a month of no drinking i don't really bother with the dry octobers and stuff like that yeah. especially yeah so that iran was <laughs> yeah there was nothing there and you just mm. had to get on with it but i didn't miss it but then, yeah, so that, that, was, that was nice. So you're, yeah, you're, kind, did... you know, so you're kind of hitting on it. Um, so when you're doing the television host gig, um, are you on like a strict itinerary or are you able to, to slip off and, and get a drink every once in a while? Uh, 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 it depends. They can merge into one. Really, you're on a strict itinerary because you're not on holiday. And it's, mm-hmm. you just come, if you don't come back with a, decent project um program then you know there's no point in being there so it's strict um as in but it's you know where you're going you know where you're going to stay most of the times and stuff but within there of what's set up or what's going on there's so much flexibility especially for me because i don't really work with scripts and we if we see something we'd go off and go and explore it or something like that and it's a hard one because, you know, in the evening, you, uh, there's nothing better than winding down. But you might be a lot of the time be filming a festival and stuff like So you're with locals having a nice little booze up for the sake of the camera, obviously. But, you know, there's no disguise, especially Georgia and Armenia. Georgia, they have this lovely, sweet wine that they do. And also, I think... The brandy as well, which has a sweetness which Churchill used to drink. I mean, talk about an alcoholic. Well, but he could function. Wow. Churchill. <laughs> Champagne in the morning. Respect. So some sometimes you're locked into drinking with the locals and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, of course they want to drink. That's part, like you say, part of the culture. Eating and drinking is the... The, probably the biggest thing that you can do in a country with people that you sit down and have respect and, you know, share a drink, share a story. That's what it's all about. Heaven. So in Georgia, they're, you know, they brought out the little goat's horn. You've got to fill up and drink from the horn. And of course, the director, we've been doing this for three nights solid because we was with these same guys. And of course, they're excited to see us. And we know we've got to get up in the morning. It's not to, and these guys, come on, lads. It's not a rap night every night. And he was like, and they were like, Ooh. <laughs> and then he were like, and, and then cause everyone's like, drink from the horn, drink from the horn. So the director had no choice. So he was absolutely splattered and it was hilarious. <laughs> cause you could, you know, you know, pressure, love it. Yeah. yeah. It, um, it taste. So speaking of festivals in general, like, uh, is that probably the most uh, eye-opening one you've been to or in terms of alcohol uh, consumption or? Uh, what in Georgia? Uh, just in uh, festivals in general. Uh, Brazil, obviously. Jesus, man, you know you can't go wrong there. Uh, I tell you what, which is shocking, and quite a breath of fresh air in um, Luna. No, no, it's not a Luna. Where is it? Somewhere, anyway, there's a village out 
in Damascus, just outside there about uh, where um, Jesus is supposed to come from and part of them mm. still um, speak uh, our, um, what's that? Aromatic or something. That doesn't sound right. Uh, anyway, and there was a like Christian festival and I'm like, oh, Jesus, man. Oh, literally. Uh, <laughs> really? Christian fe Christians, festival, fun. Can't see it myself, you know. They're not really known for that. It's usually quite dull and murmurs. But this was full on, man. They were drinking from the... It's the hooch is the killer in any country. You mm. know, drinking out of the old plastic, dancing in the streets, going wild. I was like, wow, yeah, woo. Good <laughs> on people's shoulders, having a little drink. Come oh, And then we all had to, you know, pitch dark, climbing up to the top of a mountain. And like you do, taking a couple of tractor tyres up there, filling up with petrol and then rolling them down on your own town. It's like <laughs> what, a fire festival, a Christian festival. I was like, wow, they, they wow. know how to party at last. I found Christians there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah. But like I say, it's the homebrew, like in Sri Lanka, you know, making it out of the, you know, the coconut and stuff like that. Oh, dear. And you wouldn't think it's Sri Lanka is a bunch of drinkers, but, you know, they can knock that back. Oh, mm. dear. And also our, our Mori which is uh, in mainland Japan, they drink the, the sake. But mm. on the islands, uh, Okinawa, they drink Aomori, which is similar but stronger, and they just have it with ice. God, and all those lovely islands that always sound better in Geordie, like, we are Takatomi, man. We're going to Ichigaki, man. And there, the drinking culture is huge. And even there was came to a point where my own director had to tell me to slow down because I just got the taste. <laughs> just got the taste for it. Yeah. Oh, man, I was drinking far too much. Mm. But, you know, just, yeah. And it, I'm it glad was, he did say something. It was a jab. Sorry? It was a jab. Thank you. Where were you when <laughs> he was giving me a lecture? You should have been there. I'm trying yeah, to turn that into a career myself. Yeah, yes, I can see. Yeah, on this cheap pretense of, yeah, really, let's talk about booze. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than uh, some of the stories you told us, uh, what's your favorite uh, beer, brewery, alcohol experience in your travels? It might have been something you've already told us, but is there I'll anything you, else? No, uh, uh, I use just one. <sighs> Like I say, definitely the, the Japan with all that. Uh, gutted, because there's only two drinks in the world that I now cannot drink. And when you go to China, it's all about respect and you sit down at the table and then there's about, you know, if we're lucky, there's about 20 of us. You have the little rice wine, which they have, mm. which really just tastes like... Uh, perfumed alcoholic hairspray it's mm. quite foul but i got a taste <laughs> for that as well and also because it was such a tradition as well and uh, so you sit down and you you'd be all chatting and i do love toast so they do that a lot in cambodia where they just you sit around and someone just gets up and says oh thank you for coming and i really enjoyed it. and today was the you know you did that and then they sit down and then they go to the next person has to get up and just say something about the day or 
or the trick. Do you know what I mean? So you're forced into articulating things where, especially cameramen and soundmen, are always hiding in the background. Well, it was nice seeing them being forced to actually, you know, say things. And that's yeah. it's quite a beautiful thing as well, you know, that you're sharing and you've got to explain that. So that's really nice. And in China, you, you do, do it. Everyone hey, drinks gambe down in one. Boop. And uh, then you might catch someone's eye and they'll do a little. So you both get up, boop, 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 walk around the table and have a little, uh, you know, you meet in the middle and then have a little boop, drink, just me and you sort of thing down the hatch. So you can imagine how much you're drinking at that time. Mm. This was in this was in Harbin, which is on the Russian border, mm. where it, it was cold, cold. Uh, and uh, see, I was all right. Uh, you know, I've been trying a few times, drinking up, the, and then, dear me, back at the hotel, no, not too good. <laughs> oh dear! And the worst thing is, you know, throwing up and everything. Your, your room smells of it for the next 10 days. There's no getting that smell out. That, you know, perfume, hairspray, sweet. Oh, man, every time I open that door, it's like that. And, and then the sad thing was, and I, this is phenomenal, and I've only had it one other time in my life, is when you, you smell that drink and you're, oof, your body just says, no, you cannot touch it. And that really mm -hmm. killed me because in China, they're like, oh, well, here we go. Yeah, the Brits can't handle it. You know, <laughs> yeah, this is our traditional drink. And that killed me more than anything because I loved it. But mm -hmm. I could, I got, even when I smell it now, I'm like, oop, oop. And oh. that only happened one time before when, when I was young and we used to go, because I was a bit of a rocker boy, we used to go to all these rocker parties. So I was only about 14. So you would take the cheapest nastiest drink it would be like a rough old cider something called 50 50 mm. uh uh oh chinzano something like that so i'd had this red chinzano i didn't know you know i took it to a party drank it was sick as a dog oh mm. couldn't go i was even accused of killing the budget at that part which was never me can i just say <laughs> just in case someone's listening i didn't put chinzano in the little um Budgie's water. I know that. I know that. I was a bit out of it, but no, I didn't go that far. Uh, anyway, so that obviously Chinzano, not that I've come across it much anyway, but couldn't drink it. And then me and my wife were on our little honeymoon, and uh, the waiter was like, Right, I'm going to do you a drink. A nice little cocktail. And he was like, Doing it all out. And then he pressed it towards us and we were like oh and of course it looked beautiful we was like oh man this is the best i took one sip of it and i was like i was like can't touch it cannot mm. touch it it's just yeah and i've got that with rice wine and chinzano yeah i gotta tell you that the the last interview i did for the podcast right before it started i dumped ha usually have a beer before oh, I yeah. did the interview it's 9 a.m here so, so you know because of our time difference so i'm not drinking right now um, okay but I dumped half of it on the desk right before the thing started and <laughs> it still smells in our, in this room. And my wife walks in and goes, it smells like a bar in here all the time. So. Oh man, that sounds heaven. <laughs> I, 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 what I miss is the smell of stale beer and fags smoke mm. in your clothes when you wake up in the morning and it's in the corner and it's like, I do miss the smoky bar. Yeah. Well, because I smoke myself as well, so that does help. 
I mean, it's nice going outside. What's nice? It's so sociable. You're outside, everyone's out there, so you're chatting. But mm-hmm. yeah, I do like the, the, the smell of a smell of beer. It's lovely. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, do you have any advice for someone who wants to incorporate drinking into their international travels? I find your own path, my son. Um, <laughs> there, you know. That's like, you know, what advice can you give? It's like people just, uh, it is what it is, isn't it? It goes hand in hand. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, you, there's no point in public information films that don't drink too much, drink responsibly. Who cares? You're going to do what you're going to do anyway. Sometimes you will, sometimes you'll drink irresponsible and it'll be the best night that you've ever had. So there is no rules to it. It's just, you know, it is hand in hand, like food. It's a, it's a beautiful, wonderful thing. You know, and also it's, it's a, it takes the edge off things sometimes. You know, some people can be stiff or something. You have a few beers and then, you know, it, it unravels a bit. And then in the morning you've sort of bonded a bit. So, you know, these are just the obvious things that happen. I remember when I was in Rhodes. God, I've got so many drinking stories. It's phenomenal. I'm, I'm, glad, <laughs> I'm glad you rang. Yeah, <laughs> I've been yeah. trying to get my chest for ages. Uh, me and my wife were there on holiday and it was just before the season started we went past this bar just the barman and he said and he recognized me he said oh and come in for a drink on the way back i was like yeah okay you know that's the other thing yeah i'll come in for one drink oh that's such a beautiful phrase isn't it yeah <laughs> love that as well anyway we came back we went back and we was like oh there's no one in there that's all right we'd go for a quick he was like good what his his thing was he's gonna try out he said that i yeah, like every barman, they've all won a competition at uh, making cocktails. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, I was, I was the champion of Suffolk. I was. It was like, yeah, why? <laughs> anyway, he's, uh, he's going right. We're going to experiment on on you. I'm going to make cocktails. Oh man, he was making cocktails all night, and they were fantastic, really. And the and the clincher was hollowing out a coconut. I know. Uh, pineapple thing and having ice cream in it and saying this will stop your headache and stuff god and then by the end of it it would full up and we was like it was about three o'clock and we was like we've got to go we was only about three miles away he was like have you been have you got a taxi driver and he's like yeah the taxi driver's in here and we're like well not him we've been talking and drinking with him all night <laughs> he's like don't worry about it he's a tra-. honestly so we got in he's i'm um, we could have walked faster, I think. He just drove so, he was so out of his nut. But, you know, it's in the middle of nowhere. And, yeah. Mm. yeah. But what, also what, what he did, and it was one of the best things I've seen, he was doing all the cocktail things and everyone was like, Way! and then he had a, a full bottle of vodka. And I said, you know, the only reason why people are looking at you and watching the encouraging, because we want you to drop the bottle. And he went, mm. oh, oh, what, like this? And he let it slip out of its hand. And I swear to God, I should not. It hit the floor on the rubber floor, bounced up, and he caught it. I was like, oh, <laughs> man, that is your party trick. I was like, respect. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, this couple more questions. Um, yeah. So uh, you mentioned uh, the brewery out of Canada that you you yeah. got hooked up with. Is uh, yeah. is that your favorite brewery, or do you have another favorite uh, brewery? Uh, uh, because I'm not such a uh, my brewery's really cider, or which so Suffolk Aspels is my favorite brewery at the moment, which is um, 
uh, yeah, in Suffolk, uh, and that one there because they give me free free drink. Like I said, never no, can't go wrong there. Yeah. But also, dangerously, I brew my own. Yeah. Me and my wife, because uh, we've got pear trees, so we um, brew our own cider. Nice. Cider is so easy to make. You don't have to do anything. You just squeeze all the juice out, put it in a demijohn. You don't even have to put sugar in it if you don't want to. It's got its own yeast. Mm-hmm. And you just leave it with a little lock, come back, you know, a couple of months and drink it. But it's got a shelf life, as my mate found out. Not good. <laughs> also, uh, wines, uh, country wines. Like someone gave us a load of grapes and it's like, there's, no, there's no point in making grapes because you can go to the supermarket and get a cheap bottle of wine that tastes a hundred times. So we go out foraging, like dark fruits are the best, like blackberries, elderberries, uh, red currants, and they're usually quite sweet, but delicious. And then because we could, we start making out of like stinging nettles and uh, uh, carrot wine and things like that, which uh, just rubbish really who wants to taste that you know there's even if you even if it was left with a carrot taste you don't want that in an alcohol drink that's rubbish (laughs) but we had to try it and i think i made i made clove wine i was the only one that drank Mm. that because i love cloves and and it's like yeah but ginger wine and all that oh yeah Mm. no we've had uh, yeah they've come across (laughs) so me so my own brewery are quite like I'm a bit bored with it now because I've been doing it for so long and yeah. we still got to tons of bottles and all my friends are like, no, I don't bring out the homebrew. You know, <laughs> I'm like, oh, come on. That's like, no, it's not, you know, like we go around and see mates and they've still got the bottle that we gave them five years ago. Yeah. And they're like, you, you can drink it. I'm like, yeah, fair enough. But yeah. <laughs> like I say, huge and homebrew anywhere around the world is always dangerous. Yeah. Ooh. Like the, like, I love the ciders in um, Somerset, round there, you know, Dorset. Where the, it's not so much now because health and safety's made everyone into a waste of time. Uh, you used to go to the bottom of the drive and they'd have like a, you know, like a container, and you just put the money in anything, take the cider. God, that's strong and, and flat cider. And you need a spoon at the end of it because there's so much sediment, but that's the way it is. I do really like people that make their own brews and I always will have to have a taste of it. Really, mm. yeah. In Spain, we went to a bullfighting place and he got it. He bought me uh, a bottle that he'd brewed from 1965 because it was the same year as my birthday. So I was like, wow. Disgusting, but I couldn't tell him that. But yeah, no, I just l- like things like chutneys and piccalillis or um, pickles. I love, you know, especially you know, like in Russia or something, you know, there'll be two women on the side of the road with a little stall, you know, a bit of their homebrew hooch and homemade little chutneys or jams. And oh, God bless them. I love all that, you know, mm-hmm. just t- tasting all those things that are, you know, straight from the woman's hands. Really nice. In in Georgia and Armenia, they, they used to sneak out of the road and the guy, we you know, when you go, how big was the fish that you caught? And you have your hands up like that. Yeah, that big, that big. They used to, when they hear a car, they because it's illegal, they would come out and stand on the side of the road and go, this big, this big, because they're selling fish on the side. So if mm. you liked it, you'd pull over and you'd buy fish or and cheese from them. It was hilarious. I and mean, it never was the size of it that he said, but 
yeah. yeah all these little little things that are so brilliant yeah because it's been, it's just nice talking about myself really because it's it's been quite a while and yeah. you know you've just got so many stories so many memories it's, it's you know obscene the obscenity thing of it is that you know if you did one of these trips once in your lifetime you t- you'd never you know if you went to Varanato and the you know Fiji and Solomon Islands for a, a month you'd never stop talking about because it it's just the most phenomenal thing ever I was doing six of these a year mm. you know it's just honestly it's the luckiest bastard in the world it's phenomenal <laughs> yeah yeah I mean it- I mean, that's why I start. Well, one of the many reasons I started this is just uh, I've always loved travel. And then when I kind of yeah. mixed it with the uh, the special drinks, uh, <laughs> it took it took it to another level. <laughs> I tell you what, that is such a pony way of making excuses. When I mix travel with drink, I found it differently. You're so transparent; it's unbelievable. <laughs> Are you, I'm sure there's not a meeting while you're here, or you got to go to one. Yeah. So what's yeah. what's your um, favorite tipple? Uh, I mean, I'm a beer drinker. Um, yeah. It, it kind of changes, I guess, probably with the last place I hit up. Um, yeah. You know, there's thousands of of microbreweries and breweries in the in the U.S. So it's like yeah. everywhere I go, I, I before I go there, I go, what can we hit up? You know, I'm yeah. Yeah. planning a trip two weeks from now, and I've got there's four breweries in the town, and at least hitting yeah. up two of them, if not all four, with my wife. Oh god, yeah. Oh, so you, yeah, that's brilliant. So, are are you steaming, or are you? Do you go as a like professor connoisseur, or <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, we're filling the form. Yeah, it's this mm, nice cut, nice smell, and then by like eleven and twelve o'clock, all bets are off. Eh, dancing in the <laughs> underpants on the table, pretending that you're a scientist. The that's my vision of you, anyway. <laughs> I can see you, and I can imagine that. The uh, so what I, what I love I love to find a place where it's uh, so uh, go back a second. There's a lot of breweries that start up because it's it's an investment now. Um, you know, someone's got some money, they're a restaurateur, they open a place, and the beer might be great and the food might be great. But then I love finding yeah. a place where it's just some some people who love the craft of of yeah. making this stuff, and it's a, you could see their blood, sweat, and tears poured into it, and yeah um talking with them and you know some of these people i talked to they literally built the tabletops and the counters and all, you know, the, yes. the whole place and it's i love yeah discovering those and and give you know i've talked to a few of them through this podcast and yeah. giving them some uh some airtime and some, some nice uh, well, well that's the that's exactly what i'm talking about with the russian women selling their little bits do you know what i mean that's the, similar mm-hmm. to that it is. Is that authenticity and people that just love doing it and just do it, do it, do it, you know, and uh, you get the best results sometimes. Yeah. Um, so before we go, um, is there anything else you want to let people know? I think you kind of talked about what you're working on, but is there any upcoming projects you want to let people know about? Uh, no, I've semi-retired, really, and uh, love every minute of it. I don't, you've been doing it for so long, you know, still love traveling at the moment. I'm just chilled with wife, family. And uh, sort sort of taking it easy as much as you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, just one other story. One other story. All right. <laughs> no, you'd love it. In Japan. Have you been to Japan? I have not. Oh, man. It's on my bucket list, though. Oh, man. I think it's Shibuya. 
round the back there where they have these fantastic, like small little alleys, the eateries, yeah, where you just sit on a stall with about, you know, four or five salary men munching out, but, you know, and they're just a square. But round the back is these bars that are literally probably, I'm sitting in the car now, probably the, the bar is the size of a square of a small car. Mm. And they're on top of each other. So the one on top, you go up a ladder. The barman squashed in there. The bar is an L shape. So you go around. You can only fit, you know, six, maybe seven people in it at the time. And you've got all the drinks up there. I mean, that's one of the best places that I've been to, I think. Because it's so unique. It's so unusual. that It's like, wow, this is cool. I mean, I sort of feel sorry for barman if you... You know, he's got nowhere to go. And if you've got a bunch of assholes in there, you're just, <laughs> oh, my God, that's a long night. But it's but you ha do have to watch out for the salary men because yeah. they, oh, I've seen it. It's not, not in any bar, just like he just, just gets up and has, he's going to have a piss in the corner of the bar. And the barman's mm -hmm. like, oh, come on, not again, get out. It's like, yeah. Oh. yeah, but it's a uh, Japan like Cuba in a way, and like the Arctic, you haven't got any point of reference. And that's that's what I like. You know, everything's mm -hmm. quite alien. Everything's quite quite different. Quite, I mean, it's probably changing a lot now, but that's it, Japan. Oh, God, love it. Yeah. Get out there! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll have you talk to my wife more. You can get us going. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get going, get going. What do you mean she's like you anyway? You should be both out there. Oh yeah, we do. Oh, we do. Beers, Daniel. All right. Well, um, thanks for okay, Andy. For would talking you, would with you me, to, Why? Why don't you start your own brewery? Um, I it's well, one. You know, I got three kids at home, so the uh, the time and the space to <laughs> yeah to get into the yeah. micro or the home brewing. Um, it yeah. it is in it is in the mind. Um, yeah. No, I'm thinking even when I ask that, I was like, forget that, just drink it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, the I'd, best. That, I'd rather right now help promote other people who, who yeah. are doing it and, and maybe I'll get yeah. into it at another point. <laughs> I, I think that's my parting message to everyone. Just drink it. Yeah. That's all you can say, really. At that <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. All right. All right. All again, right thanks. And, uh, enjoyed that. Really nice. And I'm glad we got the technology sorted out. Oh, that's a notch in my cap, I tell you. Ooh, yeah. Wow. yeah. Yeah. All right. Brilliant. The Thirsty to Explore podcast is part of Brewerism.com, where you can go to search our database of over 11,000 breweries worldwide to help you find your next brewery destination with information submitted by users who have visited before you to help you plan your trip. We'd like to again thank Ian Wright for talking with me from halfway across the globe. Thirsty to Explore is hosted, written, and produced by me, Andy Erickson. If you have any questions, please email me at podcast at thirstytoexplore.com or visit thirstytoexplore.com for more information about the podcast and links to our social media accounts, as well as links to Brewerism. Until the next episode, please remember to travel frequently, drink responsibly, and love generously. Thank you for spending time with us. <laughs>